Hey everyone, we got a good one for you today, so make sure to listen. We have a special guest on the cast, and he's going to talk all about strength, fitness, discipline, um, novenas, pursuing the Lord, and homeschooling. You're not going to want to miss it. Sons of Thunder is a podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered around faith, fellowship, and fitness. You Let's can get take it. him out of crew, but you can't take the crew out of him. Oh, <laughs> please tell me we're every, recording. Every, <laughs> yes. Every, Protest, every Protestant prayer ever. Um, Father, Lord Jesus, I, Lord, just ask, Father, just that you... All the yeah, literally, it's Father, just, it's just Father, Father, I ask that you would guide us, and, and Lord Jesus, my Father, God, way. and I ask... The good shepherd. I ask that you would be Lamb spirit and, and good shepherd, God. Father. Literally, it's just like... It's like six pounds, eight ounce, baby pocket. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, like listen to the next process and pray. It's just like total like oh, baby it's hilarious. Well, welcome back to the Sons of Thunder. You got Sean, Eric, Jacob, and John. <laughs> welcome back. And Jordan. Oh, God. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks I was listening me. back to the... We should introduce the, No, well, not yet. The <laughs> Will Quant wait. podcast. Yeah, <laughs> He's got to wait in line. And... Quant was just shouting. I forgot that. Oh yeah, that was, and then we, someone we had farted. to get our stuff together. Well, that, that's when we still had the computer. So we were, yeah. I remember we were sitting in the grand basement, and it Wearing was nice like clothes before interns. Yes, yes, and we were drinking like Vikings blood. Um, yeah, mead, the best beverage, the mm. oldest alcoholic beverage, is about forty five hundred years old. That originated in Sumeria. It's Fact fantastic. Checking. Go ahead. <laughs> Another explicit podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Crap. Yeah. So. Um, that was that was just a hilarious podcast. But speaking of guests, we have uh, Jordan Dick on the podcast. And if you guys pay attention to the vlog, he was on the vlog when we was. visited up in uh, up in yes. Orr, Minnesota. <laughs> that was oh, hilarious yeah. when there, yeah. the Sons of Thunder were up there. Jordan showed us around. What? So, Jake, you want to give him an intro? Well, give he him is formerly known as our most avid non-listener. <laughs> yes. And now he has transitioned to a listener. Yeah. Very avid, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Um, Jordan's big into the weights, likes to work out. RA, the University of St. Thomas. He's also into real estate and loves Jesus and is engaged. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, baby. Well, welcome to the cast. Let's it's see been the a ring. long time coming. <laughs> Let's see the ring. I think Jordan is the only one to ever heart our tweets. So yes. Jordan <laughs> is our, in what we say, our number one follower. No, we got another one today. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Dammel. Yeah. Dammel. Really? He was an old RA. Is he still an RA? He is still an RA, but he liked it because I retweeted it. And oh, so thank you. Like oh, my retweet. Oh, yeah. so oh, he likes you, not us. Network. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. yeah. John is, John is uh, taking up the Twitter. You're yeah. doing a good job. John Thank is, you. Some yeah. of my internet degeneracy has a positive side. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just love the I love the Twitter right now. Mm-hmm. I'll just go on like there's this page called uh, things that make people cringe or like it's hard to watch and they just I retweet them. So <laughs> you just that's retweet. Our, good. <laughs> John, what was so John sent our group chat this YouTube video. 
Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I was like, okay, this might be funny. This is going to be good. And I watched the whole thing, and nothing... It was just a song. Yeah, it's just a song. It was just a song. And then I was like, okay, that it was supposed to be funny or something, but I rewatched it. Maybe nothing else rewatched it. <laughs> I was like, what am I missing? There are lots it of... Was, you, he got gotcha. you. Yeah. No, I mean, with John, it's like, you know... I, 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 your batting average of, of, twe- of the, the, the tweets that you share with us, like some of them are hilarious. Like that was a grand slam, like awesome. Yeah. Hey, but like the next thirty, you're like, what? To, to, to lead the league in hitting, you just had to get it right three out of ten times. Yeah. and you know, thirty percent. Quote Babe Ruth. Go ahead, Jordan. <laughs> I didn't have a quote for. Babe gotcha. Ruth. I was just waving at Jacob. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Well, Jordan, you have an Instagram account, correct? Yeah. Oh yeah, both of them. Want to tell us the name? <laughs> uh, I run a, an arms and chest to skip the rest. It's a, an inspirational fitness account that sure. um, just challenges others to reach outside the the normal um, <laughs> physical limits. And, uh, <laughs> and arms and chest and what was it? Skip arms the, and chest. Skip, skip the rest. Sounds like most of kind of a workout plan. Life <laughs> philosophy for you? Or? Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Just simply. How does that become a how does that become a life philosophy, Jake? <laughs> the the mind body is, spirit is kind of <laughs> yeah uh, fallen apart, I guess, because I haven't posted since August of 2019. Oh, just post your um, physique. Just start posting like mirror pics. Or yeah. <laughs> no, but like not of your body. Like yeah, right. you're. It's Man. like a pizza in the mirror. Yeah. It's yeah. like what? <laughs> no, I, mean, like, I would uh, retweet that. <laughs> okay. Retweet one out that. of ten. Like I said, one out of ten. It's got to You got to You got to step up to the plate. Yeah. To home run. <laughs> what is that? Dad jokes. <laughs> yeah, so that's one. Um, I'm working on a new company called Dick Strength that comes off <laughs> my last name. Dick, D-I-C-K, Strength. Um, I don't know how to spell that. S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H. Yeah. Uh, but there's an F in there, too. <laughs> so that'll be, yeah, coming up probably in the next two or three years. I would look for that on the, on the gram. Um, I'm not sure what the target market yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> what are your products? Like creams? <laughs> so it'll be, it'll be a gym, right? So I thought... Yoakum Strength, Austin Yoakum, he's his last name and then strength. There's the uh, <laughs> muscle strength or something like that. That's like a, a gym brand for equipment. And I was like, well, dick strength. There's nothing that says I can't have There's nothing that. stronger. Why can't I start my own gym, you know? Look. <laughs> it sounds like a, like a, a team from uh, Dodgeball. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Globo Gym against Dick Strength. Yeah. Uh, no, it'll be. You guys wow. are laughing now. <laughs> so is this gonna be a? It's gonna be like a brick and mortar gym. <laughs> like be, do you have a logo yet for it? <laughs> start with an app. You gotta start with the app. Yeah. People haven't Legendary. gotten back to me yet, but it'll come around. Mm-hmm. It'll, well, yeah. the new movement. Mm-hmm. There's always movements in the <laughs> freaking workout <laughs> spheres. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, trends. All the trends. Yeah. Watch, watch out. Lightning, well, lightning round. Jordan, actually, before the lightning round, he was the first guest to bring us food. Yeah. And in wow. light of the recent... That's embarrassing for everyone. Uh, well, sort of. We usually bring them the food as oh, yes. <laughs> the great guests. Jordan pays <laughs> us to be on the guest. <laughs> yeah, I yes. bring my own mic. Uh, <laughs> seems a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, why didn't you? Why didn't you? I thought that was on the list. Bring Sorry. The mic. Yeah, the mic. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. John sent me a message said, we actually don't really want you on the cast tonight. So. <laughs> like, fine. It was after I gave food. him our address, so 
Um, my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> he brought me a shaker bottle that, you know, most, you know, Nalgene's and water bottles, it says BPA-free. This one literally just says 100% BPA. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Loaded is this the it. coronavirus, like, in a bottle yeah. or something? Like, <laughs> what is happening? Straight out of China. There's <laughs> a guy coughed in it and sealed it. Uh, <laughs> Shouldn't joke like, about that. It's like when you trap the air in a bottle, you just got to unscrew it. <laughs> Dude, in, in sixth grade, in, in sixth grade, we were in biology class. It was so boring. And Jacob Berger was Jacob, sitting next to us. You could have seen me. I was like, we didn't know each other. <laughs> Jacob Berger farted in a water bottle. And it was one of those plastic ones. And you like did the thing where you squeeze it and oh, they blew no. it in someone's face and he vomited. <laughs> no. He vomited himself? No. One wow. person? Brennan Robinson just told me his brother did that to his teacher that he really didn't like. <laughs> he like left the room and he had a little bit left in his water bottle. So he just walked up to the front of the room and farted in it and then screwed it back on. And then the teacher came back in and was like... That's not that's assault. That is like bodily assault. It's like that's that's has that ever happened to you, Jordan? No, I was homeschooled, so explains a lot. Yeah, your mom, Jordan. What's your thing with the you're the you're the prom king, two time homeschool homecoming king, yeah, record holder for fastest lap around the house, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, Dick family homeschool. <laughs> Dick strength. Top of the school. <laughs> strength. You visit his parents' house and it's like, oh, this is our trophy room. You just see pictures of David. Or, wow, I just call him David. David. <laughs> David. Just call him. No, it's literally pictures of David. It's Wait, David, David, Goliath, and then yes. there's Jordan. Wait, this isn't David? David. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry, it's just, David has been on my mind. I've been, been anointed as David, so I just oh, yes, yes. Oh. spiritual David. <laughs> I like that. Scratch Jordan, to let you Deferring to lightning round. Lightning round. And go. How long have you been engaged, and when is your wedding? And where is your wedding? (laughs) And am I invited? (laughs) Where are we invited? Give us the address. (laughs) Uh, I got engaged on December 8th, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Oh, Uh, Shout out to Mary. And we've been engaged since then, so that's, uh, two months in a Wait, day. You and Mary, or I mean, who's this? No, I thought you three, were. How many months is that? No, three months. Three in a day. Yeah. No, it's not four. It's three months in a No, it's three months in one day. January, it's March, February, March, December, January, January February, four. March, April. Yeah, three. So three months. Uh, we're getting Very married. Important January second, God willing, in Duluth, Minnesota. Oh, nice. awesome! Yeah, we're very excited about that. You guys are on the the guest list as oh, cool. of now. So, yes. don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that'll be you know very exciting. We're how is that planning that. going? Is it? Are you involved? Are you one of those? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would say you know we haven't had to worry too much about um, the overall planning. The big thing was getting the date, getting the yep. venue. Uh, and then we, uh, of course, the number two thing is getting a DJ. So we were like, oh, yeah. Joe Massick. Shout <laughs> DJ out to Lemonhead. DJ Lemonhead. Yes. Um, that's what his grandfather used to call him when he was a child. I'm a good uh, listener of the podcast. So, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then we are working on photographers, and I've got two more months of school. And after nice. that, we will uh, kind of go through our marriage prep and you know, the rest of that is, you know, seems like it's far away, but it's coming up quick. Oh, yeah. It flies by. Yeah. If you had to give up for the rest of your life eating a pig or a cow, <laughs> what would you do? Which one? A pig. You'd give it a pig. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, much so you're a steak. Animal. I, He's a you're big a steak Muslim. Guy. Yeah. 
Or Jewish. They don't eat pork. Or he's Jewish. Or vegans oh, yeah. don't eat pork. <laughs> 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 and vegetarians. <laughs> and pescatarians. Yeah. And people like and Catholic and Episcopalians. Yeah. Yeah. So I would definitely Worst workout or hardest workout? That was a good one last yeah. week. Yeah. Hardest workout. Do you remember ever, ever done? Ever? Yeah, like memory. Um, oh, you know what? When I was training for the the CPAT, it's a can, candidate physical agility test for the Minneapolis Fire Department. I uh, You have to do a 75-pound weighted vest, and you do three minutes on a stair climber. <laughs> and then you have to take 25 pounds off the vest. So you're walking around, and you have to do... Um, 50 pounds of vested, I guess, just agility work. And I mean, that was only eight or nine minutes, but it was the hardest, like nine minutes I've ever had to do a workout. It was really crazy afterwards. Yeah. Did you have to hammer the block? Was that part of it? Cause I know part yes. of the test is yeah. you have to stand on the, on, on the platform and then mm-hmm. you have to, you know, sledgehammer this, what is it like a cinder block or this with this weight? Well, no, distance? It was more, it was like a, um, swinging it like a baseball bat towards this, a uh, little target that you had to exert, I think a thousand pounds of force. Mm-hmm. So you swing it until it buzzes. And, you know, I got it probably first try. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> first you just try? punched it. You just punched yeah, it. It's just like, <laughs> you just leaned on it. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, but that's yeah, awesome. And then you get on your ground on the ground and there's this little tunnel and they have you kind of walking through, um, I guess laying down, you're crawling, uh, army crawl through, and over objects and under objects in this dark tunnel. And I mean, at that point, then you have to get out and carry this, uh, I think it was a 150 pound dummy and you got to carry him. I've seen Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) I started that today. (laughs) I watched like the first five minutes and then I had to go to class. I've never seen it start and then put on hold. I was like, this is actually good. It's a depressing five minutes. Yeah. That's like the worst part of the movie. That's why I didn't almost didn't come here tonight. I was like, I've got to watch Shawshank. I wouldn't blame you. I'm sorry. So your dad works for the fire department in Minneapolis, right? Yeah. My dad is a captain for the Minneapolis fire department. Shout out to captain Dick that he was the one that raised me, my principal. And uh, he was a big influence in me wanting to be a firefighter. But an injury happened, a torn PCL in in an intramural intramural playoffs. Sorry, I wasn't there. Yeah, Yeah, Mishki would have been there. Where is your PCL? Right behind your ACL. So the anterior cruciate ligament is the one that's most commonly torn in sports and stuff. But the posterior cruciate ligament, um, I was unfortunate enough and fortunate enough because it, you know, led to a lot of good experiences, um, you know, that I hadn't foreseen at the time, but, and it, it's just hard to get to hard to uh-huh. do surgery on. So you, you do uh, physical therapy and stuff for that, but, oh, well, you know, stuff happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your dad is like the perfect door to the market of fire departments for dick strength. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. that'd be perfect. Yes. Captain Dick and his son. Dick <laughs> yes. Dick. Testimonial <laughs> from Captain Dick. <laughs> On, yeah. dick On dick, dick strength. On dick strength. We'll do the, That's awesome. the firefighter magazine, the calendar, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> dick strength. Dick strength. <laughs> it's all pictures of the pizza in the mirror. Yeah, the pizza in the January. mirror. January. On the yeah. cover. There's going to be a lot of people that'll be upset that we talked about dick strength because they just don't like the the whole concept but yeah um, i thought i'd do a little shameless plug while i'm on the on the air might as well yeah might as well you got the platform (laughs) (laughs) so uh, are you like are you really 
desiring to become a firefighter? Is that kind of um, something that's on the forefront of your... No, I was. So that was my my career goal, I guess, Uh when I was in high school and then going through uh, freshman, sophomore, junior year of college. And then last year, I was a fourth year. I'm a fifth year right now, so middle of my fourth year is when the injury happened. The injury. That's what we (laughs) did. Do you want to run us by what exactly happened with the injury? Yeah, I've got bricks for hands, so I couldn't catch a ball that was thrown to me in the end zone. I don't actually have bricks to try. <laughs> That's why you're so hands. strong they just, figuratively. They can't not catch. That's why you're such big biceps because you just yeah, always just like ankle, ankle wrist weights, but no. Um, <laughs> That's why arms and chest forget the rest. Chest, yeah. Yeah. Bricks, dick string. Um, <laughs> so I, I jumped up for a ball. We were playing. I actually told somebody about this today at lunch <laughs> it's like fresh on my mind but i got pushed over in the air and i was upset that i couldn't catch it and uh, we were only down by six if i would have caught the ball would have tied the game up it was fourth and you know 20 yards playoff game 30 seconds left so if i don't catch it we lose and i didn't catch it i was falling down and it was like 15 degrees so the ground was frozen it was uh, you know basically concrete and as i slammed my foot was facing up and my knee just hit the hit the ground kind of hard and at first i was like ah that's dumb yeah. <laughs> why did i do that but uh, it got pretty uh pretty bad overnight yeah uh, mm-hmm. painful but you know it, it changed my mindset so that's when i started to think okay god doesn't want me to be in a physically demanding career i'm mm-hmm. meant for something else so it opened up um, a networking um, i guess three-month period where I was kind of going um, <laughs> John's coughing out a lung in the background <laughs> but it oh, opened no. up this networking uh, thing that I did I don't I don't know it got me to where I am now with commercial real estate uh, 952-204-7631 if you're looking for any industrial buildings in the you're good at self-promotion <laughs> yeah big strength <laughs> uh, but yeah uh, no firefighter anymore yeah uh-huh. well I remember we were in uh we were in Gallagher's. What accounting was that together? Um, yeah, managerial managerial accounting. Yeah, you were always way so much smarter than me. It was hilarious. <laughs> like no. we would have the test. Jordan would be done in like fifteen minutes, and then I'd be there, sitting there, like struggling for the rest, like fifty more minutes, yeah. and then and then you would get your results immediately. And I would see you at lunch after. You'd be like, okay, "What did you get, Sean?" And I'm like, "Oh, I got like an eighty-five. I got like a thirteen out of fifteen, or something like that." And you'd be like, "Oh, dude, I got a 15. I'm like, "What the <laughs> no, heck?" I would never say that. <laughs> oh yeah, you always you were very humble about right. it. Did you <laughs> put that on Sean, the fridge then in your dorm? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I did. I was really proud of that you know being homeschooled you don't get those <laughs> yeah <laughs> the pleasure of overachieving you your classmates oh yeah you know, <laughs> for the first time in my life i yeah. was good at something <laughs> has being homeschooled in like you know like you said like being the captain of the one-man football team and you know like the, yeah the, your back-to-back homecoming king and yeah. king, all that stuff has that like has that helped form your ability to you know manage failure or you know in this way of like like you said of you know, this humility in a way or of like, you know, I don't know, of just being injured and things like that. Like as, as I wasn't homeschooled myself and I'm kind of fascinated with people that are, mm-hmm. um, has that helped kind of form the way that you view failure or when you, you know, experience trials? Cause it's just this, you know, it's always been you against, you know, nothing else in a way at um, home, you know? I don't think so. I've got a, a good family structure. So my mom, uh, was the one that kind of stayed home and did the schooling for us and 
it was an online program and it, it worked out very well. You know, our, uh, my dad's the provider of our family. He was able to work and my mom was able to stay home and uh, raise all of us. But I don't think I ever, you know, experienced failure and resort to being like, well, I was homeschooled, you know, if I can, if I can handle <laughs> homeschool. I don't know. I mean, um, I, I guess with... Uh, the big deal in high school is you want to be you want to be liked and you want to have mm. uh, friends and connections. And the struggle was going to swim practice every day and being like, you know, me and my brother would walk in and be like, "Hey, dicks, I was homeschool." You know, it's like Jeez. so that kind of it set um, mm. that level of humility. I think you mm. uh, asked about that we we have that humility because we know we know where our value is. We know our value is not in, you know, the things that other people label us as or what they say. It's more, um, it's much deeper than that. You know, our values and child of God. And so we were just blessed to have good parents that taught us well. And, um, homeschool was just, it was what worked and it's what our family needed to do. And it wasn't anything that I wouldn't say homeschoolers are all like me or all like our my siblings, but, um, I, you know, thank God for my parents and the way that they raised us. And I think that's what uh, set us up to have good mindsets towards certain things. Did you feel like the odd one out though, being on those sports teams, but not going to class with those kids? Absolutely. Yeah. It was tough. You know, we would go to like a, an away meet and we'd all have to be dressed up, but what they would dress up for so that at School, school day, yeah. you would, you know, no, it's a meet, no, it's a meet day. Yeah. And my brother and I would show up, like we would get dressed to go to the bus, you know, like yeah, nobody yeah. else wanted or thought we should be dressed up, but uh-huh. we would just do it because that's what everyone else was doing. There wasn't any point to it, so uh, it, we were definitely the odd ones out. Um, but you know, it made us stronger, and it yeah. also kind of formed this bond around us over uh, the three years that we were able to swim together, and then. Once we got good, you know, people were like, oh, they're actually cool, you know, mm-hmm. and so they're not just the homeschool <laughs> yeah, yeah. kids, high like school. They're, they're fast, you know, so yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think at that point we ever felt like we were too much of the odd ones out because we gotcha. started to get um, brought into the circles of the, the other fast kids or whatever it was that uh, at least give us some sort of click that we could be a part of. Yeah. Well, Definitely. Jordan, you're a disciplined man. How did you maintain... <laughs> discipline uh, being homeschooled i think homeschooling makes everything uh i guess flexible and so you have to just discipline yourself there's no class structure Mm. so i could wake up at 10 a.m every morning and i did most of the time but then you have to discipline yourself to get everything done on time because there's no i mean my mom was technically our our home teacher but we had actual teachers who were online and telling us, you know, what to do. And, but there wasn't, there wasn't an actual brick and mortar classroom setting that, you know, nine fifty-five. you have to be here. It was, you know, you have to get this amount of work done. And if you don't, then you're going to be behind. And so that, that self-discipline was, I guess, formed from completing the tasks and setting those, um, those standards for yourself where you have to, you have to get everything done in a, an appropriate amount of time and you have to do it the right way because nobody else is going to tell you how to do it. And so, yeah, that just very much like college. Uh-huh. I feel like that would prepare you yeah. nicely. For oh that, yeah. Actually. Yeah, it did. But I love college because 
well, I, I guess it's just the same for you guys as high school. But for me, it's so much nicer to go to a class to have that um, that connection with professors and uh, you know other classmates around you, like Sean in accounting. Yes, John <laughs> Lukey. <laughs> but uh, it it set us up you know, fine, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like with homeschooling, it's it's definitely you know all or nothing when it comes to the kids and how they turn out <laughs> because I remember just like like seeing Will Goodwin an amazing product of homeschooling seeing you I don't know any of your siblings but like you guys are you're good weirdos great weird. <laughs> A weirdos no. a. L4 I'm just surprised you beat them out for homecoming king that's yeah. awesome yeah. <laughs> that's great system you just throw two boats in it's <laughs> you just vote for someone else we definitely know who, who mom's favorite is yeah. but I think it's yeah I think with homeschooling it's very it's very difficult because you do face a lot of adversity when you're homeschooled, you know, whether it be being the outsider, mm. not feeling different, being different in high school, being different as a kid is just, it's bad. You know, it's like, Oh, why am I a homeschooler? You probably asked your parents that so yeah. many times. Yeah. Why can't I just go to school like the regular kids? But mm -hmm. I think in the, in the end it makes you into like such a better person because you really don't go with the flow. You're really used to not going with the flow and you're you're become self-disciplined and knowing you for four years or three years just seeing your transformation kind of in the weight room and in classes and stuff like that it's pretty cool to see those characteristics that you formed so long um you know while you were homeschooling see those pay off in college yeah well a big thing is you just uh you are who you surround yourself with and i was yeah. fortunate enough mm -hmm. my freshman year to live on the catholic men's floor in mm -hmm. ireland and so I had a lot of uh, good connections there who, you know, inspired me and to be a good person, to, you know, be a good man of God and kind of grow with them. And that was, you know, a big reason who, that I am who I am today. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely credit to those guys, too. New and, question for you, Jordan. Um, I'd love to transition into understanding your desire for fitness and your diet. And I would love if you could just... Um, Explain to us when when in your life did you begin taking your diet seriously and fitness seriously and and when did you hear about the Sons of Thunder podcast to kind of help you do that because because I mean I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually yeah. what it was tell um, us where you were before but, Sons of Thunder and post exactly exactly he is our poster sixty pounds he is our poster <laughs> but yeah I mean absolutely I I'd love to hear about you know when when was it in your life that you decided to take fitness and and diet because I think knowing you in the way that it actually has formed your your perspective on life and, and the way that you bring yourself to different situations um, just enlighten us on your your adventure and passion for fitness okay yeah well, I uh, I've always been ultra competitive and with uh, with swimming in high school I wanted to keep doing something that I could uh, I guess motivate myself and set goals for myself and then be able to achieve those based off like a numerical standard um, like I could with a swimming time or uh, whatever that was and when I finished swimming my senior year I was like okay now what you know what's next for me on a fitness level because um, I wanted to stay in good shape I've always been you know um, drawn to being in good shape to being like the, the top of my family the top of you know my class whoever I could compete against I wanted to challenge myself to be that good and so with fitness that 
kind of became my next uh, my next big hobby, I guess. When I officially stopped swimming, I got a job working construction, and it was like the summer going into freshman year, and it was just to pay for school. You know, I was like, okay, I I'm going to St. Thomas. I need some sort of income, and leading up to that, you know, I had June, July, and then August. I was like, once I start school, I'm about to be going hard in the gym. And everyone says that, you know, I don't know a single oh, guy yeah. so who true. goes into college and they're like, I'm not going to lift weights <laughs> once, you know, yeah. it's like, I want to lift weights. I want to get strong. I want to meet mm-hmm. people. And I was fortunate enough, you know, my freshman year to have that, that intensity that I needed to get past, I guess the, the beginning hump of, um, I don't know what it is, like the, the honeymoon phase of sure. college guys where they get into the gym for the first couple of weeks and then they're like beer and tiffs, you know, mm-hmm. they're not caring as much yeah. about their, their health. And I was able to stay away from the alcohol, um, for, you know, the four years, five years that I've been in college. And that's helped me to stay in good physical shape, but also to maintain these goals that I've, I've set for myself and they've changed over time. So when I got to college, I was 180 pounds and, you know, coming out of uh, good swim shape, I was, you know, mm-hmm. cardio all the time, but then I stopped doing cardio and I was starting to eat more. And so after freshman year, I think I gained like seven or eight pounds. And so I was like, you know, buck 88. And that's probably when I started to actually know about fitness it was right after freshman year because freshman year I just kind of coasted along with being in the gym and starting different routines but not actual like fitness routines it was more just stay in the gym and if I work out three four or five days a week I'm gonna be you know benching four plates by the end of my college career but I didn't realize how important having a a plan having some sort of a a program for lifting was and so sophomore year I had um, my best friend Joe Carlson was his dad was a power lifter and so he and I lived together at the time so we lived together sophomore fall before I got hired to be an RA and Joe and I would go to the gym every day and we did freshman year as well but sophomore year we really stepped it up I was you know making chicken and quinoa for lunch and dinner probably six or seven days a week but we we got into that routine of you know we know what we're doing we are starting to up our diet we're drinking two protein shakes a day at least and then sophomore spring you know you get on creatine and you're like wow you know now you start gaining a few pounds and then your your weights go up oh it feels good yeah so yeah for the next two years i was i was all about you know, fitness and it's it's a great way to meet people you know being in college and going to the gym you're going to meet the most diverse group of people that you would in any club or in totally. any setting you know class or whatever so you meet people and if you're one of the strong guys in the gym people come talk to you they'll be like hey am i doing this right and so it would give me a, an opportunity to to outreach as well and father john floater used his his i guess fitness um passion to, as a a form of outreach to young men, um, and in the gym. So he would, he's a priest at, he's the Dean of seminarians at St. Paul seminary. And, uh, he would, I met him, gosh, he had this smelling salts. Do you guys ever yeah. do smelling salts? Have you ever done it? No. Sniffing so- oh, smelling oh, salts? Yeah. So it's like, an, if you're an intense power lifter, you use smelling salts. And 
one of my buddies was like, hey, come try these guys smelling salts. And I was like, all right, sure. Yeah, just Max Bench, but whatever. So <laughs> it's, it would wake you up if you were to, to attempt a, a Max lift. But I wasn't attempting anything. You know, I was just kind of walking around the gym. And it was just this older guy with you know, bald head and a beard. Yeah. And he had this little... I guess it was like a medicine tube of <laughs> salt. And so you smell it and you just start crying. Is it? Yeah. I don't know what it's It's blessed with the, the spirit. Yeah. Yes. But the salt of the earth. Yeah. He, uh, I found out later that he was a priest and I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I should connect with this guy, you know? Yeah. And so I, I met with him and we talked about our, our similar passions for weightlifting, but also for using that as a, an outlet to, meet people and uh, evangelize with them. And so for, I guess, yeah, those four years of college, I was able to, to really uh, dive into building deeper relationships with people through the gym. A lot of my best friends I've met through the gym um, and then building connections in other areas that's going to you know, further careers or help other people in certain aspects. Um, but then the injury happened and it started to change everything. And I was mm. like, okay, what am I really meant to do? And I still work out. I try to get to the gym four or five days a week, but I've also got, you know, beautiful fiance who I would like, love to spend time with. And so now I'm like, okay. And the Sons of Thunder podcast. And the Sons of Thunder. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm listening to the podcast in the gym, man. <laughs> my, uh, my go-to nice. jam. But we, uh, you start to change these priorities. Yeah. And at first it was fitness, fitness, fitness. If I wasn't in the gym six days a week, I was like, well, shoot, now my next week I'm going to miss all these lifts. And now it's like, if I miss a lift, I'm whatever, you know, maybe I should just sleep more next, um, tomorrow night or whatever. And you have these other priorities that just kind of flip flop and just a simple little injury changed all of that. Yeah. Which I'm so happy about because you know, it's changed my perspective of things. It's allowed me to uh, reach people in a different area. Maybe they're not able to work out because of, um, you know, a, a disorder of whatever. And you can somewhat sympathize with that as opposed to just, uh, I guess, judge it, you know, where, you know, you can relate to it on a different level. And I go to college because I wanted to get a career, I wanted to get a degree, and I wanted to get a job. And fitness has been a great way to meet people and to stay out of trouble, but it's not my long-term goal. My long-term goal is, you know, as a husband, as a father, to raise a family and to be a good Catholic man. And fitness has been great in creating disciplines and forming values, but it's all, you know, flip-flopped for me in the yeah. last the last year, which is... Um, it's really been beautiful. Would yeah. you say that fitness almost became an idol before the injury? I think it definitely could be. And it's so simple to to fall into that because uh, it's, it's important when you have these goals that you want to set and you want to reach, but you're blinded by how badly you want it. And I guess I was probably to the point where, you know, if I let this other guy pass me or if I wasn't as strong as... I wanted to be, then I would look down on myself, but I would try to keep it under control. I think I did a, yeah. a fairly good job with the people around me to stay uh, leveled, yeah. but it, it's so easy for anything to become an idol. You mm -hmm. know, like your, our phones are idols, our Oreos are idols. You know, it's, it's fitness was definitely an idol for me, but, uh, it's, 
maybe now work is an idol, you know? Sure. So you have to try to pray about that and make sure you mm-hmm. keep things in moderation so you're not overdoing it in any aspect. Well, Jordan, I know you've always, especially these last few years, had a really significant build, but um, you didn't really seem to show it off per se. You know, you go to the weight rooms and there's so much vanity and so much of that. How how did you combat that temptation to knowing you had a really good build, not want others to see it, really, or yeah. to be more humble about it? It's hide your power level, you know? Yeah. That's what I, freshman year, I was more into wearing cutoffs and stuff at the gym and sophomore year I was like I'm not wearing a single cutoff for the rest of my time here or maybe ever you know it just it changes why you're working out you know you're working out to look good or you're working out because you have these goals for yourself in other areas I mean it's fine to set goals of having a good physique Mm -hmm. you know John's talked about that he's passionate about uh, bodybuilding but for me if I went to the gym wearing a cutoff or something, then I thought, well, I'd be distracted by looking at myself in the mirror and then I'd be distracted about what other people are going to think of me. Am I going to look big enough? Is my armpit hair going to be like obnoxious <laughs> and long, you know, stuff like that. that yeah. It changes, you know, what's important about going to the gym and being fit. Yeah. And yeah, I was just like, I'm just not going to Mm-hmm. worry about it and I'll just wear a long sleeve shirt or a t-shirt yeah it's interesting though it continues like I know John Eric and I all go to LA Fitness and we see 35 year olds still taking mirror selfies yeah. and wearing <laughs> the you know uh, bikini strap men wearing the bikini strap it's obnoxious tanks. it's so obnoxious I was just yeah. there the other Come I was out there the, the other day bed. Yeah, and yeah. I, it was like this 45 year old man like yeah he, he was strong like he was big and I was kind of you know I was, I was impressed but like yeah. he was just walking around I'm like I, I, uh-huh. I, you know he was just like talking to women and like I didn't see him pick up a single weight but he was just like <laughs> yeah. flexing but not actually flexing you know and it was <laughs> yeah. it was just like dude like get out yeah. of here you know? <laughs> totally yeah. and it's just like yeah so I just find that obnoxious and sad. Jordan I, I, I really that's a, that's a really cool insight of, of yeah. why am I going to work out what is mm-hmm. my my motive yeah. in doing this and there's a certain freedom that you kind of find in that oh because goodness, yeah. so many people go to the gym I've you know I, I had friends in college who I'd go to the gym and I'd invite them I say hey would you want to come lift with me and they're like no like I, I can't I can't go in there and I asked them why and they're like I'm not I'm not big enough you know and they yeah. kind of go in there and oh, they, wear yeah. their, they wear their t-shirts and they look around and they and you see the guys in the tank tops and you know big biceps and all that stuff and it actually deters people from from pursuing fitness in a way you know and yeah. there's a certain you know if everyone did that you know how many more people would feel the freedom and kind of you know yeah. enjoy being at the gym versus kind of having to hide behind this lack of opportunity that they, that they see yeah. yeah yeah well it's a yeah i think it's super interesting just having like like you said earlier in your story, you know, when you were swimming, you kind of let your times and you let your strength speak for yourself, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think that's such an awesome characteristic to have because we, we kind of live in a day where you just pump yourself up, you know, you're like, you know, you're fake on Instagram, you're fake on Twitter, you're fake in front of your friends. So just to have your personality and have your characteristics speak for yourself, I think that really shows a true you know, raw man, because I mean, you walk into the gym and you see, you know, guys that are doing steroids and stuff like that. And and that's like a whole different Mm. thing that we can talk about, but it's, uh, yeah, there's definitely, it's really cool to be humble 
Um, and it, that really, I don't know, is it cool to be humble? Absolutely, <laughs> Absolutely yes. But it is it's really cool to I mean, be John humble. Bellion says uh, being humble is a, what is it, like fake way of being arrogant or a corny way of being arrogant? No, like it, yeah, he has a line saying. like that. Can you guys help me out here? Know, it's yeah, like trying yeah, to piece I, Am I being humble for? <laughs> is no. it, I think he's talking about like, am I being humble so that people say that I'm humble, mm-hmm. so that I'm like putting one over on other people because I'm more humble than yeah. them? I like think it's something fake like humility. That. Fake it's like humility. I'm being humble, so I'm exalted for my humility. Yes, yes. But that's just a corny way of being arrogant. Yeah. Whereas real humility is having a jacked phys- physique and not. Mm-hmm needing to show it off mm-hmm. or not even not showing it off so that people go, wow, you're not showing it off. I wonder what's under there. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, something that yeah. I've really been, you know, it's something that I've really been leaning into because right now I'm like squatting and stuff like that. I'm really trying to boost my numbers there, but it's so funny for as much as I squat, my legs are just so long. They will never <laughs> look like I squat. Yeah. It's hilarious. I yeah. go, I like look in the mirror and my calves are like twigs and I'm like, wow, I just like <laughs> squatted so much, but I still look sure. like there's no benefit mm, there. Yeah. So it's so funny being like, okay, it's not about the looks. It's just about the numbers. And yeah. it's so funny. Mm-hmm. That's Jordan. I'd love to hear about your faith story a little bit more. If you could just share with us when in your life, you know, I, I imagine you were, you were raised Catholic being homeschooled. It was mm-hmm. kind of this environment of, of faith is important. Um, but when in your life did Jesus become, you know, more, more than just on the cross, more than just an image, more than just something, someone you've heard about when in your life did he become something more to you, a friend or, you know, and, and then how that kind of helped impact or influence the way you live and, and, and how you bring yourself into the gym. Talk a little bit more about that. Um, because I think, um, I, I, I would just love to hear it. Yeah. Well, you know, I was fortunate enough to be raised uh, in a good kind of traditional Catholic household where all of my, my siblings and I, we went to uh, private Catholic school up until fourth grade and then started homeschooling. So after that, we were able to kind of get raised with our own religion classes where we were taught about you know, God in the church and go to daily mass at least once a week and serve at Latin mass. We would go to Latin mass, you know, every Sunday for probably five or six years. And then, and it was like an hour drive and it felt like a lot, but, you know, looking back on it, it was you know, a real gift that we were able to experience that. And then through high school, we had our youth group and we had good friends around us and I guess me specifically, um, I had, you know, a lot of really close, good Catholic friends. And then through all of high school, we had, you know, all of our Steubenville retreats. And I've got good uh, family connections. For example, my mom's cousin, he was one of the initial starters of the Steubenville retreat, Jim Beckman. And so I was able to kind of look at um, ways that my family's influenced in the church and use that in my own life of how do I want to influence in the church and um, then when I went to college I was like Catholic men's floor okay so that's a good way to meet people it's a good way to you know keep my faith and at least grow it um, we would hope and you know I was surrounded by 
a good Catholic men there. Fernando uh, was my freshman roommate. Congrats on just recently getting engaged, buddy. But something about the Catholic men's floor, maybe that's yeah, why literally. I'm not aged yet. <laughs> Wait, just, who did he get engaged? I lived to? on the first floor, not the second floor. Yeah. So, and then in in college, I guess it got really, um, I got really into my faith freshman year, sophomore year, and you know, just having good friends, having good people around me that influenced me. And with fitness, I was able to kind of use that as an outlet for, like I said, my, my um, outreach towards others, my evangelizing. And you have to know where your faith lies. And that's just, you know, a self-understanding of who you are as a person. I would listen to Sean Forrest, uh, pod, uh, Sean Forrest videos on YouTube. So he was a, a Catholic speaker. He came to Archdiocesan Youth Day um, back when I was probably a junior in high school. And so I went home that day and I just watched like all of his videos and uh, it changed kind of who I was, uh, where I was able to you know, use that knowledge that I was given and bring it to other areas of my life and teach it to people. So it's all about just how much you want to bring in. So watching Father Mike talks on, um, on YouTube, we're listening to his podcast, listening to other young adults podcasts like your guys is where you, you gain an, uh, a broader understanding of what's happening and your, and how other people think and speak. And then you can, I guess, use that in your own way to, to be a good I guess, person, but also a good man of God or daughter of God, whoever listens to this. And for me, it was, yeah, once I got to college, I, you know, I love learning. And somebody says like, who was it? One of you guys who said like, once you stop learning, uh, I don't remember. Stop so, growing. Yeah. Something, I don't, somebody said that earlier today, but <laughs> um, the day you stop learning is the day you die, I think. And so yeah, I think that's in a movie or something. Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. I think that was in the first five minutes, yeah, actually. Yeah. First five minutes. That was the first line Fresh of on my mind. <laughs> um, somebody told me that today. Maybe it was Shawshank. I honestly could not tell you. But uh, you just you want to enrich yourself. You want to uh, grow, challenge yourself. Yeah. Reach out opportunities to learn. And so that's what I did when I got to college. And I was able to you know, find good speakers, good uh, quality sources of information. A lot of our professors that we get, um, you'll get conflicted views. And so you want to know what's true. And mm-hmm. I think for me, um, you just you listen to enough, you know who you are as a person, and then you can talk to priests, talk to whoever to just um, fully understand what's happening. So yeah, it's, I guess when I got to college, I was, and even now today, I really just try to to grow in my faith with with videos and listening to things and reading things. Less reading because I hate reading, but um, <laughs> any type of podcast. That's yeah. why I've gotten more into that podcast grind because you you can learn so much from just listening to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you can go out and spread that knowledge. And you know, it's uh, something that's been important to me. Also, just you know, surrounding yourself with good people too. Yeah, it's, it feels so good learning. I think that's one of the the greatest highs that I've ever like experienced. You know, just like when you learn something and you, it just like enlightens you and it clicks. Yeah, like I'm reading that book that you gave me, John, um, the the King Warrior Magician Lover. I just started it. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah, I'm learning about the lover. I'm at the end of it, but it's a, it's an amazing. <laughs> what book is this? It's a, it's about the archetypes of the male. 
Mm-hmm. Um, John can speak a little bit yeah. on, on it, but it's uh, it's just uh, it talks about the king and the warrior and the magician and the lover inside of all of us, and it talks and like about the, the four virtue, masculinities, the four masculinities, yeah. and it talks about your childhood, how you're raised, and how that affects you. I'm getting off track, um, but Jordan, I think since I have been engaged and gotten married, um, my journey, like realizing that I should get married and God is calling me to marriage and, you know, and realizing my identity that I can actually give myself to another person. That's a huge, like, that's a big deal. And that's a huge experience. I know it's probably one of the most pivotal points in my life, realizing that, you know, I I can, I'm going to marry this person, you know, I'm going to marry Delexi. It's a crazy part of your life. Um, how, how, have you come to, you know, realizing that you're ready for marriage right outside of college? Cause it is, I mean, I, I was married right outside of college. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how do you feel like you, your upbringing, how do you feel like your personality and all that stuff? Like, uh, how do you feel like that prepared you for this moment of getting married outside of college? Well, the only way that really can prepare you is by praying you know otherwise you're just Mm -hmm. kind of walking blindly so Megan and I you know we are fortunate enough to have a good faith life and when we started dating it wasn't just like hey do you want to be my girlfriend you know kind of thing Mm -hmm. it was hey do you want to discern marriage with me and so that was the intention from the get-go and that was almost three years ago now and last summer we started praying more about just being at peace with the timing of everything because uh, in our lives, we try to control everything. Yeah. I'm in a psychology of marriage and family class right now with mm-hmm. Dr. John Burry. Yep. And they talk about the median age of people that get married, men and women in the last 50 years. It used to be like men were 23 years old, median, and women were 20. And now today men are like 30. I believe it's 30 and women are 28. Wow. So yeah. And that was only 50 years ago. That's crazy. So you're looking at two generations and people have changed, you know, eight years of uh-huh. um, push, pushing it off. Yeah. And part of that is because we live in an individualism society where it's all about me and how much can I, I guess, grow as a person before I have to settle down. You know, that's like the term settle down. It's looked at as a downgrade from a bachelor life or a bachelorette life. And Megan and I, we are fortunate to have uh, the faith that we have and to have met each other when we did, where we could make, you know, getting married out of college an opportunity. And, you know, we're going to be almost 24 by the time we get married. So it's not like we're that young, you know, yeah. Um, my sister Six years younger than the median. <laughs> yeah. My sister-in-law turned 21, three days after their wedding. You know, it's just, yeah. Um, some people will, so she didn't even have champagne at her own. <laughs> and my brother, he got, uh, what did he have? Uh, what's that? The tick deer tick. Lyme's Lyme's disease. Lyme's disease. He yeah. got, uh, he went hiking oh up like gosh. Taylor's falls and he had Lyme's disease. So he was on some medication, so he couldn't even drink at the wedding either. It was hysterical. Oh. Not like, I mean, he's fine now, I think, but, um, <laughs> you don't need to have alcohol to have a good party. No. Jacob, come on. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Get all me <laughs> out. Did you hear that? <laughs> St. Patty's day coming Ooh, up. No, yeah. yeah. We're Sober cab. Sober cab. Thanks Jordan. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, we prayed, we prayed a novena, 
last summer and that was well, awesome. uh, a discernment novena and then we were like okay so the timing is in god's hands and that's gonna happen when it happens and then i prayed a separate novena in november kind of leading up to the proposal and everything and it ended on immaculate conception so that's like the day we got engaged and part of the i guess the purpose of proposing on that day was for one we would have you know a beautiful um, anniversary where we could go to mass every year and celebrate you know the the relationship that we have that's you know such a gift and um two it's just when the 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 novena ended so it was like <laughs> well boom yeah here we go i prayed this novena for discernment to um the right time and everything worked out perfectly in a way that it was like okay there's somebody up there who's <laughs> controlling this and yeah. they they wanted this to happen. So, yeah. you know, you just kind of put things in God's hands and you don't try to control it yourself. Totally. Everything's wow. going to fall through. Wow. That's awesome. We should, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Would you yeah. care to speak a little more into Novena and kind of the fruits of that, especially relationally? Was it like, was it just nine days or was it like a 30? It or was a nine-day Novena. Nine? So two nine-day Novenas. And I never really... Um, did them by myself before this so yeah. my family would do them growing up and you know my dad's always helped us with you know learning different prayers and different ways to pray and a novena is a you know a beautiful way to pray because it I mean, it can be short it can be nine days but it's intentional where you're praying for a specific thing and yeah. there's i can't remember the name of the website I use, but they send me emails. It's like a, a daily novena type thing where you get reminded every morning you get a 5 a.m. email to to pray this novena. And so Megan and I used it as a way to just pray together. And you know, last summer was the first time that we did this, and we've only done it, I think, one or two times since then. But um, it's just, you know, a beautiful way to have an intention, have a, yeah. a kind of set end goal for this nine-day period or 30-day or 90-day, whatever it is that you you want to do. Um, but, yeah, you have this this set goal. And when I we did the, the second novena, when I proposed, she didn't know the intention behind it, really. It was kind of um, kept under wraps, kind of uh, shielded from her. So that, you know, it was like a big <laughs> surprise, right? Uh, but we you know we had these intentions and it's a great way to just grow and pray together and yeah i don't know that's yeah that's, that's something awesome. that delection i kind of have been struggling with praying together so we we ordered this uh like i think it's a 30-day novena to saint joseph mm. um and they give you a workbook so you every single day you're in there <coughs> reading and then you're writing down and so it's gonna be i'm excited to uh do that with delexi yeah. really good yeah there's a certain um you know, I was just on a retreat, and Isaiah 52 says um, that you will call upon a, the, the nation of Israel, and they will run. You know, it will run to you, um, a nation that you do not know, right? And uh, there's a certain power. There's a certain, you know, like the, the hosts of heaven and the saints that that we don't. I think as young men and young Catholics, um, I feel like we don't get taught that enough of that. Like we can really enter in and kind of call upon just this this power in heaven um, to intercede for us specifically. And I, I love that you said it's intentional. That you know, oh, it's only it was only nine days. Like how, how you know, I, I feel like the normal person would say, you know, what what happened in that nine days that convinced you to spend the rest of your life with this woman, right? Yeah. But there's a certain grace I think with with specifically you know, Venus, um, and in the way that they're being intentional and you're, you're calling upon a, a grace spe specifically about a, a certain question. Mm -hmm. 
and you know, each of them are devoted to a certain saint or the sacred heart or whatever. And, um, and yeah, I, I just think as, as God's sons, we, we don't ask the father big enough for, for, for things. And just recently I heard yeah. someone give a talk of the God doesn't give to us sometimes because we're not asking big enough of him. Yeah. And so for, for, you know, for everyone out there listening, um, if, if there's something that's stirring in your heart or, or a certain question that's coming up, Jordan, I love that you're bringing up novenas because I think that's something we haven't talked about on this podcast. Yeah. Um, because you know, the, the father wants to give his children good things and, and big things and, and large gifts, right? Mm-hmm. And and a novena is the perfect way to, to kind of make yourself receptive, to be actively receptive to those graces. So, um, yeah, I don't know if there's a question there for you, Jordan, but um, I guess what, what 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 in those nine days, you know, that experience of, of, you know, I've spent X amount of time with this woman and, you know, deep down you, you really know, but there's a certain permission, I believe, that probably was given to you in those nine days. If you could just talk about that a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not like a, a verbal yes or totally. no from God. It's a phone call. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God is literally calling me right now. Um, we started to see things kind of unwrap in a way that if you can just kind of follow the signs, it's like, okay, this is some sort of sign from God. This is what we've been praying about. This is, you know, what's being shown to us. Um, and then sometimes you're not going to get an answer. You're not going to get the answer that you want or maybe that you were hoping for, but, or maybe not at all. You'd just be like, okay. And, but that's just when you pray more, you know, so keep mm-hmm. praying, you know, it's not like, oh, my dying day novena didn't get me a Bugatti, you know, it's like, <laughs> God hates me. It's keep praying, you know, do mm-hmm. other things that are going to, you know, enrich your life and deepen your understanding of what you're meant to be, yeah. where it's not just this nine day novena if you don't get your answer but you know right. it worked out well where we were <laughs> everything worked out and, yeah um over the course of the nine days though we started to get really close to that proposal and uh, you know i had to talk to her parents and everything i had to pick up the ring and things just kind of fell in line where it was like okay you know this is coming so wow yeah well, as you mentioned too, you're supposed to have something, a desire or something to pray into for the novena. Yeah. And kind of what Eric talked about too is like a common misconception is that people think we shouldn't have desires. Like we should just follow the straight and narrow path and, totally. you know, fall in line. But the reality is, is God's like, dude, I want you to have bigger desires. I want you to desire more. Ask me. I want to give you more. Because our culture is so satisfied with the little things. We're so satisfied with consistently watching the Netflix or spending four and a half, five hours on our phone every day and maybe grabbing a beer with a buddy here and there. But God's like, that's fine to be limited to that, but I want to give you something greater. If you were just to be willing to let the small balls drop, throw back to the last <laughs> cast. But like, dude, you can, you've got so much more. I created yeah. you. I gave you these gifts and talents and you're wasting them away. Like, yeah. dude... You want to, I want to just give you the best and I'm going to yeah. give it to you, but you have to be receptive to it. And one of the ways yeah. to go about that is through the novena, tapping in the divine powers of, you know, Mary, Jesus, whatever type of novena you're entering into. Yeah. And it's all about being able to say those little yeses and say yes at, uh, at those little moments. Mm-hmm. What that prepares you for a, a giant yes, like yeah. saying, oh, I'm going to propose because Jordan did have to say yes yeah. too. Yeah. Right. And, uh, it probably was because I hooked him up with the, the ring lady. Oh. <laughs> Shout out to Sean. Yes. That's why we're engaged. I got commission off of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I should. I've, suggested, I've suggested my ring lady to so many people. Yes. She's yeah. a 
If you guys ever need a What's ring. What's your name? I mean, give her a shout out no. right now. Uh, uh, Judy. 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 <laughs> Judy, <the big> lady. <laughs> Judy G. <laughs> Judy G. Is that her? B. B. Yeah. If you, if you, if you are discerning whether or not you should propose, uh, give us an email or yes. you know, message us on Facebook or Instagram. You have and, a friend in the shop. will hook you up. <laughs> it's Shanko. Yeah. You have a friend in the 494 in yeah. 494 Mendota or whatever. But yeah, Jacob, I think, you're, I think you're so right. I recently heard um, uh, a fellow brother of mine, he was sharing just this image of us being as children at the, at the table with the father. And he, you know, we, we have a glass and he's kind of pouring orange juice into this glass and, and we we're, we're too quick to, to take and we don't wait long enough for God's timing to kind of receive the full, full glass. So it was just this image of, um, you know, a child pushing out the glass and the father filling it up. And then once it was like halfway full, he's like, Oh, I'm thirsty. I'm going to grab it. Mm-hmm. And the father was like, I, I wasn't done yet. There was actually yeah. much more that I, that I have for you. If you would just spend more time with me. Mm. Um, but I Patience. think, yeah, but I think, you know, Jordan, what you're talking about with God's timing, I think that's so, that's so important. And this, you know, this instant gratification culture that we live in of, of wanting it now and just yeah. kind of, you know, afraid to desire much more because we're afraid that we might get hurt in a way. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about greatness on this podcast and, you know, that comes with humility. And Jordan, I see in you just a lot of humility in the way that you carry yourself and the way that you pursue the things that you pursue um, and you're achieving great things. And so if you could just talk about a desire for greatness that you have um, in, in the little things and, in, you know, in the way that you even get up in the morning or just, you know, a word that you would have for our listeners, um, because, you know, the saints would eat a bowl of cereal, um, but it would be holy because they invited God into the small thing. Um, you know, I'm thinking St. Ter- uh, Therese of Avila just with some Cheerios. So, uh, <laughs> right. But like, but like Lucky it, it, in your Lucky own life, like, do, you know, are, are there any small, small goals or small things that you pursue each day that lead to that big, that big mm-hmm. yes, that big event? Yeah. I think part of that is just putting yourself in a situation um, where you do what you want to do or your, you know, your job, your career, whatever college you're in, whatever you're studying, make it something you're passionate about. Because that's going to make it a lot easier to get up and want to be great, you know, want to achieve certain things. And, you know, every day then you can set little goals for yourself. For example, I'm commercial real estate. So, you know, every day I just want to learn something. I want to connect with somebody, maybe a client or a prospect where we can work on something. And then the next day I maybe want to further that relationship or create a new relationship that I can work on. Or at least just learn something because I'm new to my career. I, or I'm new to my whole field, so I don't know much about real estate in general. I'm working on my license and everything right now, but just wake up and learn something new. Reach out to somebody. It's all networking and trying to find somebody that's got a little bit more experience. Like who says you know we're all an expert at something? I think mm-hmm. Stephen Hawking of all people might have said. Uh, everybody is an expert in something. So everybody. Is. <laughs> <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> Out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, it was probably a million other people that said that too. <laughs> Tell me that's filled. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> Sorry. I, I guess to. just... Uh, <laughs> sorry, Jordan. Understanding purpose, too. Um, I want to say, for anybody listening, just knowing what life is all about, and it's going to be in a much deeper search for you as a person. Uh, but knowing, I mean, 
I wanted to say something about eternity. I wanted to at least try to talk about that. I don't think we'll have enough time to really dive into that <laughs> eternity subject. But <laughs> we'll at some point, this life, everything ends um, except for eternity, right? So that's something that you you never get to see an end of. So um, setting yourself self up well for that is, you know, how are you going to do that? Do you follow Jesus? Do you um, pray every day? If you... If you don't, maybe you should start because there's more meaning to life than just waking up and being successful or being the most loved person. It's, you know, actually developing a relationship with with Christ and um, going to church and influencing other people in a positive way. Yeah. But, I mean, for me, I wake up every day and I sometimes I just eat my bowl of cereal and forget. But sometimes I'll have this, you know, this purpose, this purpose-driven um life where and I'd say most of the time I'm I'm well enough off where I can I can know where I'm headed and I know you know where my my trust lands and that's with God and so I guess just set yourself up for greatness and and God's already got your back and so you just have to put your trust in him and for me you know every day I I can remind myself of that and that'll you know, take care of everything else. I'm not trying to be the best commercial real estate. Well, I am because, you know, you want to be the best in everything. But if I am not the best, I think Joe Massick said, you know, chase God's dreams, not your dreams. So, mm-hmm. you know, God's got your own dreams or God's got dreams for you. And if those fail, then you can just kind of look forward to the next one. But you want, you want to know, you know, where your value is as a human person and not where your value is as a finance or you know, entrepreneurship guy, whatever it is. And you can, you can know God's got your back in all of that. And it doesn't matter what else happens. So I don't know with me, just be a good person and Hmm. put my faith in God. Everything else will take care of the, take care of itself. Uh I love that. I typed that into my phone, set yourself up for greatness and God's got your back. Yeah, you did. I you did. Really? <laughs> what kind of phone you got, <laughs> Mister? <Dead. laughs> you got games? I saw him do it, and he just opened up a new text message and just wrote it in the text box. <laughs> like, there's no no. There's no. It's just like, <laughs> who are you gonna send that to? <laughs> Me. Me. Yeah. yeah it's send super. It well, it's super cool to know. <laughs> send it to God. <laughs> to know that, like you know, all of these things do have an end. I think that's a really interesting point. Just saying how. You know, your family is, you can, you're going to try to be the best, you know, husband and father that you can be, or you're going to try to be the most fit that you can be, or the best, you know, commercial real estate agent that you can be. But to know that there's something greater than all of that, it really gives you a way better perspective and Mm -hmm. a way better perspective on what you're actually doing, you know, Mm -hmm. because you, you really pass, pass the ability to lose your identity in it because it, because if you know that you're made for something greater than that, um, it kind of holds you to a higher, mm. you know, standard. Yeah. Sure. And you, yeah. So let's get into some practicals. Um, I know that I've had a couple stir within me. I think, well, Jordan, what you talked about with, um, you know, not the vanity that you talked about, but just the, the, the humility and the letting your numbers and letting your, um, you know, letting your, weights that you're 
working out with, wow, I cannot talk right now, but letting it, letting your actions speak for you instead of signaling that you might have all of these, everything figured out, you know, just let, letting your actions speak for you. I think that's my um, practical that I'm going to take away from this. I think a big one that you didn't touch on Jordan is your abstinence of alcohol. And I remember distinctly when I was 20 in Europe and 21 in America, having pretty drastic losses in gear, like at least as a stagnation, my hike up the fitness hill just got so much harder with alcohol. Even if you were mediating it and doing once a week is just like, this is, we forget it's a poison yeah. and it's a great lifestyle. And I'm not saying don't drink, but that's something to keep in mind is if you're in college and life is tough already when you're seven days a week trying, you know, like there are so many sources of stimulus don't add, don't make it harder for yourself and just be very careful about alcohol. Mm. Not that it's a bad thing in general. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing. And I, I remember yeah. like God fighting water you to the wine. <laughs> at a wedding, at Sean's wedding. Where, <laughs> and then someone spilled alcohol on me oh, in this room. Uh, who's that? <laughs> I, I have no idea. God. <laughs> God's hand. <laughs> God's, we, God's hand. <laughs> we saved room for Jesus. As it was water, hands. but then he spilled wine. On <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what happened? No, it's red. <laughs> yeah, I think my practical from Jordan, what you shared is the idea of why am I working out? Um, I've been finding myself a lot, um, you know, going swimming or lifting to to be able to carry myself differently in a way of that, like, oh, I'm gaining muscle and I'm I'm, I'm getting more broad. Um, I find myself walking around and, and wanting people to see that and notice that, you know, and there's, there's, there's some deep vanity there. And so I'm, I'm going to, my practical is I'm just going to go figure out why the heck I'm working out and to kind of change my perspective on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think my um, practical is when you're talking about learning and enjoying learning and embracing it, I think a lot of times in college, I just studied enough to where I knew it well, I could get a good grade on it. And then I didn't retain, remember any of it. And I kind of wish I did that differently and actually embrace learning more because there's times where I'm like, dang, I really wish I remembered some of that info I had in class. It's actually applicable yeah. in life today. Um, and to constantly be striving to learn because when you learn, it's when you grow. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to learn a little more now. There you go. All right, yeah, my practical is uh, just doing everything with a purpose and having some sort of intention behind things. And then you're going to start to see you know, what's actually important. And if things don't go the way that you wanted them to go, um, you know, just fall back on who's got your back, you know, God's got your back. And so you've, you've got to do everything with a purpose and that purpose should be centered around God. And thanks for having me on. I'm really happy to be yeah. here. Thanks for coming Dude, it's been awesome. Thanks for joining you. us. It's yeah. been a long time coming. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you were one of our first followers on Twitter. Was the that? first, probably. The first. The first. I'm the only. <laughs> yeah, the only. only. <laughs> the rest are bots. Yeah. Yes, the rest are. <laughs> Paid for followers. <laughs> Jordan, okay. I was enlightened, and I cannot wait for Dick Strength to make its debut. Yeah. Um, and I got a lot to think about at this podcast. I, I really, really appreciate you coming on, man. It'll be one of many. Anything else, guys? No. I think that's it. Let's sign out. This is Sean. Eric. John. Jacob. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And Jordan. Signing off. Thanks for joining us.
Sons of Thunder is a podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered around faith, fellowship, and fitness. 